0: Oh, Welcome to this new segment called News of the Week here at Independent Thought. This will be a a little bit different of a journey for this upcoming future of Independent Thought. One of the next things that we're going to be doing is trying to take some looks at different news topics that are going on throughout the week. Uh, First of which will be, you know, this initial episode here. So the news that I'm looking at this week... I guess for this first segment here, we're going to do two different things. But the first thing I'm looking at is that Sweden and Finland have decided to think about joining NATO. Uh, It's not official that they're going to join NATO just yet, but they are in fact thinking about joining NATO. So let's talk about exactly what that means and how it's relevant to what is going on in Ukraine and what some of the possible outcomes could be for that. So first, you know, like during the backdrop of all this, the... War in Ukraine is still going on. Russia has retreated from the capital city of Kyiv for the moment, but are repositioning their forces in the eastern part of the country. All the while, the US and the EU are continuing to provide aid to Ukraine in the tune of just another $1.3 billion worth of weapons has been sent out to Ukraine just this week. Now, Finland and Sweden are expected to apply for membership here uh, sometime in the next few weeks, apparently. Uh, According to a joint press conference that was held by the prime ministers of Sweden and Finland just this week, they are now considering NATO membership. The Finnish prime minister says that the parliament will convene and discuss and come to a determination in weeks, not months. They are going to gather uh, all the different political parties and they're going to go over all the different implications about what it would mean to join NATO. Now, one of the things that she said, the Finnish prime minister, was that she understands that joining NATO would come with some risks, uh, possibly cyber attacks, possibly having um, Russia influence, you know, like within the country itself. Uh, One of the things that she said was that it was pertinent That fear not be the determining factor in the decision making process when it was, when it was trying to, when they were trying to figure out whether or not Finland should, in fact, join NATO. And also taking into account that their decisions would also impact their neighbors. So they're also closely working with Sweden. Uh, Sweden's prime minister had said during the same press conference that they were in no rush in order to figure out whether or not they wanted to join NATO. But that they would take their time figuring all this out and do what was best for their own security. Now, for those, you know, who are just a little confused about, you know, all of this, like, why does this matter? Well, in a short sense, you know, NATO is just a defensive alliance um, that is made up of about 30 countries, no, it is 30 countries right now. This was a prime points in what Putin said was his rationale for wanting to go into Ukraine in the first place, saying that he feared NATO's eastern expansion, saying that he did not want more NATO nations on the Russian border. Uh, he was afraid that you know NATO weapons might become writing right up against Moscow, something that he did not uh, find. He said it was in the best interest of the Russian security in order to prevent NATO encroaching on its borders. Uh, he believes NATO to be a threat. So Russia does not want any more countries expanding eastward towards itself that are going to be NATO members. So um, this is kind of backfired right in Russia's face because now Finland actually you know, shares a massive border with Russia. So if they were to join, it would be an additional 850 miles worth of border uh, now with another NATO country. Currently, the only NATO countries that border Russia are Latvia, Estonia, and Estonia. So Russia's reaction to this news has been that of the, the nuclear variety. Just, uh, just this week, uh, former President Medvedev, I believe is how you pronounce his name, Came out and said that, according to you know his sources, because I guess you know, being a former president, he's still very much tied in with the Putin regime and the Kremlin, said that it was very possible that if Finland and Sweden decided to join NATO, that the Baltic Sea, the sea that they that they all share together, would no longer be a nuclear-free zone. Now, for those who are unaware, there is a little section of Russia itself that's detached from the rest of Russia. It's called um, Kaliningrad. I think I mispronounced that wrong too, but that section of Russia is actually like sandwiched in between Lithuania and Poland. Now, it happens to also be right across the Baltic Sea from both Sweden and Finland. Currently, Russia claims that there are no nuclear weapons in this part of Russia, but it's said that if Finland and Sweden decided to join NATO, that Russia would be forced to increase its defenses in the Baltic sea, thereby sending nuclear weapons into Kalinograd, which I'm sure I mispronounced again. So Russia is, is very, is very, you know, bringing about the escalatory rhetoric by saying that they will put nuclear missiles or nuclear weapons basically on the doorstep of these two nations. Now, Lithuania's um, prime minister, I believe, weighed in on this, saying that you know this type of rhetoric is nothing new from Russia, and that it's in that they believe that they've had nuclear weapons there all along. So this really isn't changing any of the dynamics in the in the area. Uh, also, former UN ambassador came on to MSNBC just this week and also reiterated something similar, saying that you know Russia's activities in Ukraine doing nothing else, have provided the motivation for countries like Sweden and Finland to basically have to join NATO, given their collective defense agreement, which is the next thing that really needs to be discussed here. Because one of the things that was also noted with the Finnish prime minister was the fact that what they're really interested in is the Article 5 protection that comes with being a member of NATO. And what that means is that if any country that is within the NATO defensive alliance gets attacked, then every country in the NATO defense alliance, which is, would be 32 nations if Sweden and Finland joined, they would all go to war against whatever country attacked them. So if you attack one country, you attack all the countries of NATO. So they are looking for basically that deterrence. Thinking that if Russia wouldn't dare attack them the way they've attacked Ukraine, because attacking Finland would then mean attacking the UK and Germany and, and, you know, France and the US and and they, they believe that they will be safe from any kind of invasion like Ukraine, if they're a part of NATO. So, and it's kind of, and it seems as though the populace is also on board with this from polls being done. In Finland right now, four months ago, when, when the Finnish people were asked if they thought that they should uh, join NATO, only 24% of the people in the country approved NATO membership. That same poll was taken just within the last couple of weeks, and it went from 24% now up to 68%. So a super majority of the people of the country now are openly in favor of joining nato and also similar polls have been done in sweden and 60% said that they were in favor of joining nato if finland also joined so my reaction to all of this is honestly it just it feels very ironic at the moment where russia was trying its absolute best to stop nato expansion it has maybe prevented one country from expanding into NATO and now enabled two. So it, it seems as though their goal of doing this has backfired in their face, as well as their economy being blasted. And, and I've already given my thoughts about who I feel is uh, the aggressor in, in this conflict and how I feel about Russia going into, into war in Ukraine and, and their explanations for why they did it. And, you know, all of the things that they said that they felt like they had to do, just I guess to keep it real short and sweet, I I think that Putin is more or less just an imperialist and is just trying to claw back land that he believes belongs to him and the Russian empire. But for more on that, please check out my previous episode, Russia invades Ukraine. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about the world's most polluted city in the second part here of our news of the week stay tuned
1: betty's divine is a locally owned boutique on the magnificent hip strip in downtown missoula montana that has been a fixture in the mountain west since 2005. We have a fondness for vintage-inspired clothing, shoes, and accessories for humans, as well as the real deal found in our vintage department, Divine Trash. Betty's Divine presents a snapshot of Northwest styles with an emphasis on street, skate, surf, and rock and roll culture, as well as Americana classics. Alongside a radical selection of clothing, Betty's Divine offers a damn fine array of shoes, jewelry, records, and accessories to satisfy any taste, whatever your age or vibe. You can count on us to prioritize financial, social, and environmental responsibility without sacrificing the look. Visitors enjoy a lovely atmosphere, dreamy tunes, and the best customer service in the West. And you can shop us online at BettysDivine.com. Hey, Indie Thought listeners. Has this past year helped you rediscover your creative and crafty side? Well, then you're going to love our sponsor for today's episode. Bathing Beauties Beads is a full-service bead shop in the heart of downtown Missoula. Whether it's seed beads, semi-precious stones, vintage beads, or just materials to make a project, they have something for every person and every price range. Not from Missoula? Don't worry. They have an extensive online store and they will ship directly to you. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, they'll welcome you and help you make your next project a reality. You can find them online at bathing beauties, beads on Instagram and Facebook or at bathingbeautiesbeads.com. And don't forget to use offer code independent thought at checkout to save 15% on your order.
0: Welcome back from the break. Thank you so much for sticking with us through this episode of news of the week. Our new segment here on independent thought. I think I'm going to get used to doing this on a weekly basis. This is a, a fun new addition to the podcast. So I am probably butchering the hell out of this, of the name of this city, but I, I hope that uh, everyone forgives. So I think it's pronounced Baiwadi. We're just going to go with Baiwadi, Baiwadi, India is apparently the world's most polluted city. Now, this is according to an article that I am currently reading out of TRF Climate. It says that people are slowly being poisoned to death by the air in Bawadi, India. Now, why are we talking about this? We're talking about this for a really simple reason. And that is that understandably, during the last couple of years, the main topic on everyone's mind was COVID. Covid, 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 vaccines, vaccines, mandate, mandate, mandates, variants. It was, it was all Covid all the time, and all of the restrictions, and lockdowns, mask mandates, people's reactions, protests, convoys, um, division within our political. You know, it, it, it was, it was that twenty four seven. Meanwhile the main topic that was being talked about prior to that was climate change and it took a back seat during the you know during the height of the pandemic and during all that time things haven't gotten better they've gotten worse the only difference is we stopped talking about it so we kind of need to get back to talking about it so let's talk about not just the aspects of climate change that are involved in why this is the world's most polluted city, but just some other reasons on top of that. So there is, there is staggering numbers coming out of India. India has a terrible pollution problem, which I'm sure those of you who have ever seen pictures of the place or, you know, visited the place, you'll know that this isn't really just this one city. This is something that's happening, you know, across the entire country. Uh, in, in fact, I believe that 63 out of the top 100 cities in the world that are considered to be the most polluted are all in India. Now, this is a cur- this is according to IQ Air. So uh, this is something that India as a whole is taking a, a hit on. In, in fact, you know, it is said that uh, apparently $95 uh, billion 95 billion dollars, which is three percent of India's entire like GDP, and the amount of money that you know, I'm sure ev- that I'm sure that if Joe Manchin lived there would say that they, you know, can't afford that's a different conversation. But 95 billion dollars is the amount of money every single year that is that is being cost to by you know Indian businesses. And this is uh, calculated by a report that was done by a nonprofit called the Clean Air Fund. But besides the fact of the economic toll that is taking on this country, talking about the human toll that it's taking, people are facing what is basically being called a slow poison. You know, people's like years of people's lives are being taken from them, from having to breathe in this toxic air day in, day out. I mean, this city in in particular, Baywadi, again, I hope I'm saying that right. The air in this city carries 20 times, 20 times the amounts of air particulate of tiny airborne particles that the world health organization recommends to be a maximum level. So it's maximum level 20 fold. That is what is experience. That's what's being experienced in this city. You know, doctors are saying that breathing in this level of stuff can relate to or can cause asthma in a, in a small sense, but can also, uh, lead to lung cancer, and reducing blood oxygen levels, which can cause, you know, irregular heartbeats, you know, palpitations, and obviously, you know, over time, uh, cardiac issues, including, you know, heart attacks. So there are people who are, you know, having to work outside in these conditions, you know, like worker, market workers, police officers, construction workers, uh, they are having to breathe in this air particulate all the time. The heat is also so devastating that they also don't feel feel comfortable wearing masks in this environment, even though that would lessen the amount of particulate that would be coming in. The heat, you know, like in the peninsula, is just is just so overbearing that they just they feel like breathless if they have to wear masks outside while having to breathe in all this stuff. So it's just it it seems as though it's it's a nasty thing all around. And on top of this fact it seems as though the public at large is not quite aware of the dangers of breathing in this particulate all the time uh, when people go to just uh, survey the the local population there and ask them you know about you know the potential dangers of breathing it in uh, it seems like most residents in this city are just left completely unaware or they believe that the that the food that they eat or the fact that they or some people had mentioned that the fact that they don't drink should be enough uh, um, and that breathing in the toxic air wasn't actually taking in as much of a toll on here, which I, I think also leads to the lack of education in how dangerous breathing in this air all the time uh, is, you know, as far as how that country, how India has not act, well, adequately informed its populace of exactly the dangers of living in these cities. So it it is just absolutely just Devastating to see what's happening in this country right now. Pollution, you know, like this uh, is said to reduce the life expectancy of around 40% of the population in this city by more than nine years. Now, this information comes from a research group out of uh, Chai Energy, uh, where they, one doctor in particular says that, quote, it is a slow poison that corrodes your body over years now this uh, was this was uh, said by somebody who works at CREA clean air out of Delhi. So th- this is this is this is unbelievable to me. I mean in 2019 the government pledged to wait to raise awareness uh, about toxic air risks you know but you got to ask yourself like why did, why did it take until 2019 just to raise awareness that, that's not even talking about, steps implemented to reduce that's just to to raise awareness that like that is that is unbelievable india is a massive you know country that i mean they're they're not like a, a very very rich nation but this is not also a, a very you know like poor nation either so they have they have the the tools and you would say also the resources to at least put out a more i guess a more expansive Information campaign to let people know exactly what they're dealing with, but obviously it just it has not been done. So I know that this is something that people might not think about as much because it's not happening in America. You know, it's it's happening across the world, and it, it seems as though you know we in America like to only think about other Americans. But you know, I think in, in a really strange way, uh, this is something that. Americans need to hear because really th- this kind of stuff like really isn't that far away from happening and you know in a place like our country I mean it already is to a degree but I mean the point that I'm really trying to drive home here is that we as a country and as a planet but you know we can't solve every country's you know issues but we're not taking this this crisis seriously enough I, I think that the, the energy that was you know, like pumped into the country you know, by certain organizations like the Sunrise Movement seems to have died off largely in the last couple of years. And it seems as though so many are just not taking the climate crisis as seriously as need be. It's like we, we see a natural disaster pop up and then people spark up their interest and like talk about it for a couple of weeks and then it just kind of fades back into the background. And we're done talking about it again, and that just seems a little unforgivable given the the human toll that is taking on people in every corner of the globe. So, normally this would be the part of the episode where I would have some call to action to where I would say this is what needs to happen next. But truthfully, I think the first step that needs to be taken is just that you know the people us listeners people who live in this country who are who are who care about you know the environment you know people need to get re-energized like i know that a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now you know inflation is killing people uh people are feeling the squeeze of like the housing market like i i get it we are all struggling right now but you know i'm going to keep saying this in basically every episode going for the rest of this year like People are going to be knocking at your door this year. They are going to be asking for your vote in this year's midterms, in your local elections. When people come to ask you for your vote, ask them what they're doing about the climate crisis. Ask them what they're going to do legislatively. Ask them how you can get a hold of them to hold them accountable when they get into office. Like, like we need to get back in the forefront of addressing this and not wait until problems like the ones that are happening in India come over here and start affecting us here the same way. We can't take a backseat to this issue and we need to get out in front of it before it gets worse because the rate it's going, you know, the issues that that people are seeing in India might be seen over here soon. And that's not the kind of world that I want to live in. I'd hope that not be the kind of world that you want to live in. We have to be actively going after all of these pollution issues, all of these climate issues. They they have to be addressed. So thank you all for tuning into this, this first uh, run issue, first take of the news of the week. Thank you so much. We will see you for the next news of the week next week. Have a good week, everyone.